This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. You're listening to the Patriot Nation Podcast. All right, welcome into another edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. Your boy Pat Lane, as always, here with my guy Matt St. Jean. And we have a brand new sponsor, a brand new sponsor that we want to talk about. That, of course, uh, is Prize Picks. Prize Picks. Uh, they are the official, the official uh, daily fantasy sports app of CLNS Media. Uh, so we're excited to have them on board. You'll hear about them a little bit more uh, as we go through. Brand new. We're excited about it, um, and so go on to Prize Picks. If you uh, download the app, use promo code CLNS, they will do a hundred percent deposit match for you, up to a hundred bucks. So uh, that's a pretty dang good deal. So get, get on, on there, do download it. Prize Picks, and and get yourself a free hundred dollars. How to do it? Yep, yep. So, um, anyways, so here we are, here we are, Combine Week, and. Uh, Pat Lane mock draft 2.0. I'm excited to get into. I'm excited for mock draft Monday. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I mean, that's just. This is the best season. Draft season is the best season, especially with the Patriots being so god awful this year. Draft season is just is is all I'm looking forward to. <laughs> yeah, and we have. I think we have officially entered like silly season with narratives and smoke screens, and oh, yeah. I think. This week with the combine, this is where you start to take things, everything you read with a grain of salt, because <laughs> it's coming from somebody who has a motive for sharing that information by and large. Um, well, did you hear that? Did fun. you hear that the uh, the Vikings are trading Justin Jefferson to the to the Patriots uh, to move up to three? <laughs> and so the Patriots will move back to 11 or whatever it is with them. And apparently the Patriots are going to get three other first round picks and Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Cause that makes sense. Um, so <laughs> it's just, it's I, great. I love, love some of the mock trades that get out there this time of year. Cause like, like some of my, I think by and large, the ones we put together on our mock drafts are pretty reasonable. And then you go around and you look at some of the other ones and like the player for player trades. I saw one, I think it was on NFL network. It's like Jalen Waddle for Trent McDuffie. Oh yeah, with like some stuff in there. I was like, "What are we doing? We're just moving guys just to move guys." What's going on right. here? It's crazy. It's and some of the stuff I'm just like, "What are we doing, man?" So, um, but yes, and that's so. It actually leads, so it leads into into my mock draft. So it was, um, Cole John says the best time of year for lunatic trades trade scenarios. I love it. So true. Yes. Um, so I did do my mock draft 2.0 came out today on Pat's pulpit. For those of you that haven't read it, you can head over to Pat's pulpit uh, and read the whole thing and we'll kind of walk you through it. But I did trade back at, at three. Um, 
there's a few reasons for that. Okay, there's a few reasons for that, and I and I, I want to get into it because it's not it's not just oops, sorry it's not just to me it's not just they're more than a quarterback away because I've seen people say the Patriots are more than a quarterback away so they don't need to draft a quarterback at three because that won't help them and that is just patently stupid it's just that's not that's not the way you do business in the NFL if if you think you have a franchise quarterback on the board you take him I don't care. You could be the worst team in the history of the NFL. It doesn't matter. You have to have the guy. If you think you have the guy, you take him. You have to take him. That's how you become the worst franchise ever is by not taking that guy. You have to take him. But the key is, is that you have to believe that you have that. And if you don't have that on the board, well, maybe someone else does think that the guy that you don't really like is could be a franchise quarterback, and you have to trust your team and your evaluation and say, we don't believe that. Someone else might. We don't. So we can move back and go from yeah. there, right? Yep. And that that's as simple as, simple as it is for me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right there with you. And it's I think that's going to be the interesting thing as we go through the next couple of weeks and months here is to find out which, if any, of these quarterbacks the Patriots do like and how much they like them and where they're willing to take them. Because yeah. um, I don't think Jaden Daniels is necessarily a fit for what we've seen AVP do. Uh, I don't think that means they wouldn't take him. I yeah. think he has similarities to some of the quarterbacks we've seen in Cleveland that AVP mm -hmm. has coached there. Um, Drake May seems like an obvious scheme fit. J.J. McCarthy seems like a big-time scheme fit and it's yeah. all right who's there at three would they overdraft somebody to take a quarterback do they want to trade back a whole lot of variables going on there but um you know we, we look at your mock right here and it has the patriots trading with the raiders trading back yeah. and you know you get a future first in that and we talk about being able to to do a trade in some ways i think the raiders are the optimal trade partner for New England in this scenario. And I'll tell you why. If they're trading up, they're going to be starting a rookie quarterback. That yep. quarterback is going to be no better than the third best quarterback in that division. Their coach right now is by far the least accomplished coach in that division. Yep. There's a real chance the Raiders are going into the season essentially with four or five losses already on the schedule, the way that their division is going to play with a rookie quarterback and a second place schedule and starting you know a quarterback that new england clearly doesn't like that much if that's you know where we're at with this and if that's that's how it goes and you want to bet against that and get a future first round pick that's how you end up picking right back in the top five next year with an extra first round pick like if you can yep. if you can bet against a team like that i think that's the ideal team to bet against hundred percent. And I, and I think, you know, the big thing, what's funny to me is that I had a lot of people commenting that, that I got a fleece by the Raiders in my imaginary trade scenario. And so what I gave up the whole trade was I traded number three, of course, and a 2025 fourth round pick to the Raiders for 1344, which is their second round pick and next year's first round pick. Um, and so the thought process for me there was simple. It was, you know, 
I'm looking at it saying, let's move back. We're going to pick up a second round pick and a first round pick in 2025. Now, the difference between that trade and say the Niners trade that they made with the with the uh, Dolphins is that the Niners gave up their first round pick in three consecutive years, right? And so realistically now, a first round pick counts as like basically the first pick of the second round. It is value-wise is what it calls for, right? So if you're talking about a first round pick in 2026, to me the value between that pick and the 12th pick of the second round this year is not really that much different for me. Um, And so, and, and that's the thing. Now, what happens that people say, well, it's three first round picks. It's not three first round picks. It's two extra first round picks. They got the first round pick you moved back to, right? And then you got two other first round picks. And so the Patriots now are getting, would be getting 13. It's an, and I know Ryan, you're saying it's different. It's not that much different. I, I'm just from the, a value the way, perspective, the way that they the, evaluate it, it's not that yeah. much different. I still yeah. would prefer, you know, the the two extra firsts on it if you could get it. But I think right. this is, you know, a totally, a totally fair trade. I had some. I, well. Here's the problem. Here's my thing, right? And listen, maybe that, maybe that it would be a better trade for the Patriots. For my mock draft, though, to fit the guys in that I wanted to draft, I had to get that second round pick. So that, that's one of the reasons why. So, and it is a round difference. Ryan, you're not wrong that it's a round different. I agree with that. What I'm saying to you is that the value of a 2025 first round pick is the 32nd pick overall in this year's draft. That's what it is yeah. when you look at it. And, and I know yeah. that's weird, but that's the way they look at it. There's a there's a discount on picks later on or the other the way around. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, no, the, the trade value of what Pat has there makes a lot of sense. Um, I'd prefer an extra first in there, but what he has works too. And gives you some wiggle room this year that I like. Right. So anyway, so that's, so that was the trade back. And look again, I think you can make an argument. I didn't get enough back. I don't know if, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Like we could certainly make the argument. And if you wanted to say, it should be a 26 first round pick instead of a second round pick. That's okay. I got no problem with that. I just, again, I wanted to draft my guy at 44. And so I needed 44 to make that happen in this mark. So that's the way it is, you know? Um, so that was the way it went. And then what I had the Patriots doing was not sitting at 13. Because the thing is, is that you still want an impact player from this year's draft. And I'm not saying you can't get one at 13 because I think you can. But I think realistically you want to get into that top 10. And so I had them trading with Chicago, who already has the number one pick. Now there's, of course, now there's been smoke that Chicago might move out of that number one pick. They might move, at, you know, to I who knows where they might move to. I think that is silly season. I don't. I, think I agree. With take care of I think it'd be. I think it'd be stupid for them to do that. But that's just me. So I had the Patriots trading thirteen. They have fourth round pick this year, which again is one hundred four. It isn't actually one hundred four because the comp picks haven't been worked in there. But that's what it is right now. And next year's sixth round pick to move up to nine. Now, is that enough? I don't know. On paper, it's enough. I don't know if that's actually enough. Um, but that's what I had them doing. And I have them at nine, taking Olu Fashanu from Penn State, a left tackle. They absolutely 100% need a dominant left tackle. Joe Wall is the best left tackle in this draft, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
but Olu Fashano would be a really nice consolation prize. He's an absolute freak. He's a freak. They're the same, They're the same tier. Um, right, right. And I think I Alt is, is certainly more player. is more polished, I think, is what I would say about Alt, right? Um, yeah. You know, they play differently. Um, right. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it really is a style thing, too, between the two. Like, I, I could see either yeah. going first. Um, and I think if you come away with extra picks and a guy you think could be a franchise left tackle, you're ecstatic. That exactly. is a great, great way. And I think it still does hurt to, you know, pass on a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. and not take him there. Yeah. But you can't. I, the future picks, I think, make up for it. And if that. That future Raiders first is what we think it could be. Then you're going to be right up there for a playmaker going yeah. forward. Which, by the way, did you see some of the reporting on Marvin Harrison Jr. that came out today? No. They, they got him right now, reportedly, like in his workouts. Because he's not going to do the combine. He's just doing yeah. He's just yeah. wrapping, getting ready for the season. I think he did more bench press reps than DK yeah. Metcalf did. Yeah. And also ran a faster 40 time than Tyreek Hill or not, not faster 40 time, faster, like top speed. They clocked him at Hill. 23 miles an hour, 23 yeah. miles an hour. The man is like, like six, four two twenty. It's, it shouldn't be possible. I mean, it's yeah. insane. The guy, the guy was literally like made in a lab, you know? Yeah. So that's, uh, you know, it's, I still think this is the probably the right move, but passing on that hurts. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's uh, I'll tell you. Uh, you know, if we're sitting there at three, and you know it goes, which I think is going to happen. It goes Caleb and Drake May is what I think is going to happen. If that happens, and we're sitting there at three, I'm going to be rooting. I'm going to be rooting my ass off for Marvin Harrison Jr. at three because the guy is a freak. But you know, it's. At the same time, like you say, if you can pick up extra capital because you have a ton of holes, if you can pick up all that extra stuff and still get a franchise left tackle, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Again, it doesn't make losing a guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. any easier, but you know, that's yeah, that's the way I feel about it. Yes. So, yes. anyways, all right. So we get to we get to round two. I trade back again in round two because I got to get a four. I got to get that fourth round pick back. So I trade with Green Bay. 34 to Green Bay for 41, their fourth round pick, which is like 127. It's later on in, in the fourth round. Again, won't be 127 because of the compensation picks at the end of the third round, but you get the idea. And a 2025 third round pick, which is basically, again, the value of two fourth round picks. So you're moving back seven spots for what is the value of two fourth round picks. To me, yeah. that's a pretty fair deal on both sides. I looked at it. I looked at it at thirty four when I was running through the mark. I didn't love the talent at thirty four. I saw some. I, there, there's good players on the board for sure. Don't get me wrong. But I thought if they can pick up some more talent, I just had to trade away some assets to move up to get my guy. Okay, let's do that and go from there. Um, and so at forty one, I take Jatavian Sanders, who yeah. tight end from Texas. And I loved Sanders because he is that – he's kind of that move tight end guy. And by the way, Ryan was asking about uh, A.D. Mitchell. A.D. Mitchell was not there at 34 in the mock that I did. Again, mm-hmm. he could be there at 34. He was gone at like 29, somewhere – like the very end of the first oh. round is where he went in he the see- mock that he I He seems like a guy that ends up in Buffalo or Kansas City. 
Yeah, yeah, and that that's kind of that's kind of what I think he fits that mold. You know what I mean? So, but I love Sanders. He just he's not a great inline blocker, but that's okay. He's almost kind of like a he's not Dalton Kincaid, but he's like similar in the fact that he he'll play a different a similar role to Dalton Kincaid. And so I think that that's um, yeah. So they they get explosiveness from the tight end position, which they haven't had. And I said it down here, they haven't had since Gronk retired. They have not had an explosive tight end since Gronk retired. And really, no. Gronk wasn't really explosive in his last year. So you know, no. Well, and I think he is Sanders is still a bit of a project, but he's a younger yeah. guy. He's very athletic realistically, you're probably not going to get a ton from Sanders in year one, but you're not drafting no. him for what you're going to get in year one. You're drafting him for what he can be by year three. Exactly. And especially with, you know, they got a really good tight ends coach, really experienced tight ends coach in the building now who can help yep. develop. Um, so I love that. And I think tight end to me is a spot, you know, obviously in 2020, we're all traumatized by them double dipping at tight end and <laughs> whiffing big time, but you got to keep, doing it and i love the idea of taking one or two tight ends sometime on day two or day three in this draft yep draft the right guy all it comes down to is draft the right guy you'll get it right eventually right it doesn't matter when you're throwing darts at the dartboard right right exactly so all right and at 44 again this is why i had to make the trade because my guy malachi corley had to come to the patriots and it it had to be the middle of the second round and so pick 44 malachi corley from western kentucky the kid, listen, I you know, I put the link to to my um, to my thread that I made mm-hmm. on Twitter on the Pat's pulpit thing, uh, on the Pat's pulpit article. He's just he's a, he's a running back. He's a running back at wide receiver. He reminds me of Debo Samuel. He just when he gets the ball in his hands, he is a problem, and he breaks tackles, and he's shifty as hell, and he will run you over, and he will run by you. And he will juke you out of your shoes. He'll do all of it. Run and right so, <laughs> right. And that's the thing. Like, I, I love the kid. I'm very excited about him. Um, and so, you know, you get a, a game-breaking wide receiver. Now, listen, he's not a great route runner. He's an okay route runner. But that's not what he is, right? That's not what Debo Samuel is. He's, Debo Samuel is not the best route runner in the league. But the fact is, is that you can give you can scheme him up touches, and you just want the ball in the guy's hands. And that's exactly what Corley brings you is the guy that, you know, when he has the ball in his hands, is electric. And I just think you look at what Marcus Jones was able to do his rookie year last year. And so you say, okay, we got Marcus Jones. We have Malachi Corley. And now we also have, obviously, we have Pop Douglas, right? So, like, we have these guys that can just get open, right? And, and Pop is there already, but Corley doesn't really play the same position as Pop. He's not going to be a slot guy. He's going to be a scheme touch type guy. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so that's my, that's uh, that's my guy. Anyways, I love him. Yeah. So I love Corley. I think my only concern at this point in your draft is that you got a guy like Sanders who's still a project and not a great route runner at this point, and a guy like Corley who, while being a great offensive weapon, also isn't a route runner. Right. Um, I do think you know for the twenty twenty four season, you leave yourself uh, free agent moves aside in a a spot where it's yeah. going to be a lot of schemes touches. Uh, you and Pop Douglas wrong. is going to get, yeah. Um, and it's, you know, how you get Corley and Pop Douglas on the field at the same time, I think would be interesting. I think you can, but I also think, you know, they're going to be switching off a little bit because they're both going to play in the slot. Um, yeah. 
So I, th- I mean, that's my only concern with it. I think these are all good players. It's just, yeah. you know, how does the coaching staff seem fit together? And that's, that's what it comes down to. Right. And so, all right. So then third round get to the third round. And this is where it gets interesting. This is where it gets interesting to me. Michael Penix Jr. is 68 in the third round. And I don't know if Penix is going to fall this far, but we talked about this last week. Like, I don't know what the medicals are going to look like ultimately, right? But if the medicals look like they, the way I think that they look like, right, I wouldn't be surprised to see him drop because he's a guy that I don't know if you can trust him long-term. If you're drafting a quarterback early in the draft, if you're drafting a guy in the first round or even the top of the second round, you want that guy to be your starting quarterback for the next 10 years. That's what you want. But at the end of the day, I don't know if you're going to get that from Michael Penix. I just, I don't know. And so if you won't, then, you know, then he drops. And if teams aren't confident they'll get that, then he drops. And that's a scenario that I see happening here is that Penix drops. You're able to pick him up in the third round. And like, I mean, and it, listen, if you only last five years, it only lasts five years. Like it is what it is, but you take the chance on the talent that's there. Yeah. And I love, I love the value here. I think it's very possible. Because uh, I mean, I think we all saw Penix look awesome against Texas in the Sugar Bowl. But, you know, let's remember he is still a guy who was in college for six years, a guy with a lot of wear and tear on his body, a guy who, despite all of the experience he has, still has some holes in his game, and he's going to have some, you know, we'll see what the medicals end up looking like. Him being there in the third round is very possible. I wouldn't be shocked to see a team take a chance on a Spencer Rattler before him. Yeah. Um, I think Penix is a better quarterback right now, but I also wouldn't be shocked to see somebody take a chance on Rattler because of the untapped stuff there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, the value here on Penix is so good. It reminds me in a lot of ways of what Washington did with Sam Howell last year. I think there's a lot of analogies between the two picks. And you know, if yeah. Penix is somebody you can develop, I think he's a really, really good fit in AVP's offense. I love yeah. the fit there. Um, it's just, well, matter, he, you know, does he you develop? I remember now that Tyler Hughes, who was Washington's wide receiver coach last year, is now the Patriots wide receiver coach. Well, he was there. So- uh, it, he was their offensive assistant. He was, that's correct. He was their yeah. offensive assistant. So obviously has a Some ton familiar. of familiarity with Penix. Yeah. And so now you now you kind of go from there. So I like that a lot. I like the thought yeah. of that a lot. Um, and he's a great leader too. I think he, he helps you absolutely. a ton, a ton there. He can take shots. Um, really, the only concern with him to me is it's how we handle throw it under pressure over the middle of the field. That's yeah. the big concern in his game, which – you know who I was listening to the Ringers draft podcast earlier today, and you want to know who they compared him to, which I thought was interesting. Russell Wilson, with hmm. his the fact that Wilson likes to go for the big throws and doesn't yeah. throw over the middle. Okay, and he's you know he doesn't quite have that mobility. I think he's probably better under pressure. He's better at avoiding sacks than Russell Wilson ever has been. I think he's the ball out a lot faster. Yeah, but I think there's some similarities there. And yeah, a, I you know heard that one. That's a good one. Yeah, and if you get heck, if you get a guy like that, if he even ends up being an actual starting quarterback in the league, even if he's a bottom ten starting quarterback in the league, if he's an actual starting quarterback, that's totally fine as a bridge guy until you draft somebody else. And you know, yeah. it's a short term, it's your two year solution, and or you can draft somebody high next year with that other pick you get. And 
You know, you get extra picks here. I really, I really like the value. I love the yeah. value because if it hits, you're set. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? It's all about it's all about trying to find the guy that gives you the best value in in places. So we'll see. You know, but that's that's where I'm at. Okay, so I don't want to get. I'm not going to do deep dives into into any of anything from the from the fourth on. But I will say one of the things I love about the mock drafts is being able to talk about some of these later round guys. So like Marshawn Neeland is an edge. I hadn't had the Patriots taken in the fourth round. Um, do they need an edge right now? Not necessarily, but like Matthew Judon's getting a little bit older. Josh Uche's probably not going to come back, although I don't know. No. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see them get an edge. I just I like Neeland's ability to play the run and the pass. And so that's why I went with him in the fourth round. He's not an explosive player. He's not going to get you 10 sacks a year or something like that. But he reminds me a little bit of the way that Anthony Jennings played this year. A little bit. Not, not, he's a little different player, but, that. but I saw it a little bit and I'm like, oh, I kind of like that. So he's got some good closing speed and whatnot. So, uh, and then the fifth round, I had them taking another Washington player, Dylan Johnson, their running back. And he's a guy that I'm, what I'm surprised about is that he's not going earlier and i don't understand why he's not going earlier i don't know if it was the injury at the end of the season or if people aren't i i don't know but he's i looked at him like that can't be don't like the dylan johnson from washington i'm like that can't be right but everywhere i looked they had him as like a fifth sixth seventh round pick and i was like okay sure fine i guess but um yeah i didn't i didn't understand it yeah, I think he's. I think he has a lot of wear and tear, if I'm remembering correctly, and that could be it. Like he's just been used a ton. But he's a good back. He's a complimentary yeah. back. He'll fit right into your committee. You know, plug and play. I like that. And uh, for the defensive end, Neeland, he was also at the Senior Bowl. Pats yep. love their Senior Bowl guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that is a fit there. And you know, they like taking, you know, their their small school defensive ends, but some really good athletic traits. Like that's something we've seen this team do time and time again. So it wouldn't shock me to see them do it here. Yeah. Yep. So, and then my last two picks were uh, Tanner Bordellini from Wisconsin. Tanner Bordellini from Wisconsin. Let me just tell you something about Tanner Bordellini. Okay. This guy has played left guard, right guard, center, and right tackle. <laughs> like if that doesn't scream Patriot to me, uh, to you, I don't know what team you've been watching the last 20 years. They love guys with position flexibility. It's the sixth round. You're drafting a guy that, you know, you're drafting a guy that you want to just hopefully will be a backup for you one day and maybe can spot start here and there. To get a guy that can play like four positions on the offensive line is crazy. And so I I like that a lot. That's why I took him. And then Hayden Hatton from Idaho. Idaho is a middle of nowhere. I mean, just absolutely like basically a really small school. He dominated the last two years at Iowa, at Idaho. So I don't know how good he's actually going to be, um, but golly, he's got really great hands. And so, um, and so I like, I like that a lot. I don't, Ryan's asking if Bordellini was the one that got destroyed by sweat. I don't know if he was the one that got bent back uh, by sweat. He might've been, but I can't really blame him for getting destroyed by sweat. He's like, sweat's going to go in the top 10 probably as a D tackle. So, um, you know, that I, I don't want to say it's not a fair fight, but like you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, a first round pick versus a sixth round pick. It's like, you know, uh, he's not, if, if let me put it this way, if you draft Tanner the border leading in the sixth round and he's starting for you next year, you're in trouble. So we'll just, we'll put it to you that way. So, uh, yeah, 
but but, yeah. but either way, you know. Yeah, no, I like it. I, I like what you did here. So so we'll see. But that's that's what I had going. And it, look, the idea is, and we we talk about this all the time, right? But the idea is when you do a mock draft, we don't know what the Patriots are thinking, right? We don't have any intel inside the building. We don't know how they value guys or anything like that. So to me, I'm trying to look at it and say, okay, well, what would they do if they didn't love a QB at three? If they looked at it and said, yeah, this guy isn't going to be, um, you know, isn't going to be the guy, right? Um, and so, you know, that's why that's where I think you can trade down from, all right? And I know Math is, is upset about that, and I don't blame you, but like, because we did talk about the Marvin Har- passing on Marvin Harrison Jr. is a really tough proposition, but when you're when you're getting a ton of draft picks for the future, when you're getting multiple picks for the future as well, it becomes difficult to pass on. Again, I think of a if you yeah. think a quarterback is the guy, and you're like this guy is the guy, you take him. Period. Like end of story. Wide receiver a little is a little bit more like yeah. It's, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily like guarantee. Okay, don't take a quarter. Don't take a wide receiver, but still, I, I um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I just I looked at it and just and just thought like I don't really know what they're gonna do. And so let's trade back and see what happens. And that, that's that's what I did with this one. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm a fan of that strategy. And I think it's you know, if somebody's giving you future first round picks for that and a bunch of draft capital. I think it's hard to turn that down. Not impossible. It all right. depends on you know, how you feel about the guys that are there. But we know this team is years plural away from being where we want to get. We want the Patriots to be back in championship contention, not just for us season, but for multiple seasons in a row. You know, I don't know Correct. if we're going to get the 20 consecutive seasons like we got before, no. but being able to get a franchise quarterback and be competitive year in and year out. That's the goal here. They're yep. multiple seasons away from doing that. And maximizing draft capital is a really good way to get to that point to, to build yourself up. And, you know, we, we talked we kind of talked about like the Packers aspect of it here. Now that's the tie in with a lot of the front office stuff right now. And it's a team that's notoriously homegrown. They don't yep. do a lot in free agency. They're not making a lot of trades, drafting and developing and keeping guys in house. And, you know, I like that. I think that's a great thing for new England. It also takes a couple of years to get to that point from where they are now. And I'm sure, you know, if they make all the right offensive moves, by the time that's done, the defense is going to need to be rebuilt because those guys are going to get older. And correct, you know, it's going to be a little bit. So, with that in mind, building some, getting some foundational pieces here, a quality shot on a quarterback you might like, and the future draft capital, I think that's nailing it. Right. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, also, just a quick note for those of you listening out there, I'm going to release. We're going to end up probably releasing about six mock drafts when all is said and done. And I never draft the same player twice in any of my mocks. And yep. so and I'm, I'm the same way. I'm not picking and, a single player right. twice. And so, and so it's, you know, if you wanted me to take Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three, guess what? There's going to be a mock draft where I take Marvin Harrison Jr. number three. Like that's going to happen. You know what I mean? So or you can look at, you can look at my last mock where I also have Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. at three so, New England. And so that's the thing. So, so that's kind of the idea. I never make the same trade unless it's like, Unless I end up trading like a fourth round pick for something or something like that, maybe I'll end up making the same trade. But I try not to do that, um, and I never make the same pick ever. And so, the, again, the thought process is because mock draft season for me, 
it's about a lot of different things. But for me, it's about educating myself and other people too on these lower round guys, right? We're not sitting here talking about Tanner Bordellini and, you know, and, and talking about his draft stock and, oh, how's he going to be and so on and so forth. I'm not doing that, right? No one's doing that. But if you see him in a mock draft and then all of a sudden, like, the Patriots draft him and you're like, oh, wait, I think I saw something about this guy. And you can go back and look at some stuff on him and so on and so forth. And so that's kind of the idea is, like, let's talk about some later on guys. But also, let's talk about some possibilities. So now we can go into this and just say, okay, instead of just sticking a three and drafting a guy, what are the different possibilities that we could that could come up as the Patriots go to draft? So that's kind of the thought process, um, you know, when when we're making these mock drafts. And so, so that will happen. Uh, DJ is asking for a trade with Justin Jefferson. And look, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not saying I'm going to do it, but I'm not ruling it out either. So, so we'll yeah. see. I'm not. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, I want to uh, default name. Uh, well, that username mentions in there about the Vikings trying to move up into the top three for quarterback two, which is something they apparently they tried to move up for a quarterback last year. Yep. My question for you, Pat, is this: If that happens and they're willing to walk from Kirk Cousins, yep. Are you thinking about him in New England? Hell yeah! So imagine, imagine now, right? The Patriots move out of three. Now, here's what doesn't make any sense to me: Why would you trade your best wide receiver? when you're drafting a rookie quarterback that makes zero sense so like i don't i don't understand i don't buy the justin jefferson trade especially if the vikings are trying to move up to three that makes absolutely no sense to me and so you know if you're getting a rookie quarterback you kind of want him to have like a number one receiver right and so look what happened to uh to bryce young last year Bryce Young didn't have a wide receiver. And halfway through the year, they were like, you know what we can really use right now is a number one wide receiver. And I'm not saying DJ Moore is a number one wide receiver, but I mean, he's pretty good, you know? So like, so trading him away to move up to get to number one was stupid. And so I don't imagine them trading Justin Jefferson, but if you're talking about the Patriots moving to 11 and picking up two future first round picks, I'm okay with that. I am absolutely okay with that. Um, and then, as you say, go out and free agency with your $100 million and sign Kirk Cousins, right? And then well, at yeah. 11, draft a left tackle. Or, again, move well, up and, and take a left tackle, whatever the case may be, right? Well, the funny thing in this scenario, too, is that you've signed Kirk Cousins first, so you've taken the Vikings Good quarterback point. and then taken their draft capital when they go to replace great him. Point. Uh, great point. Which would be... Yeah. Funny. I also think, you know, if you sign a Kirk Cousins and he wants to come to New England, you just draft Marvin Harrison Jr. You just, right. I I would argue, you just do that. And, you know, you, you a guy who, he's not going to be as good as Justin Jefferson when he gets into the league, but a guy who you're really thinking should become that quality of a player. And, right. All right. Now we're, now we got something. And you add those two guys to what we had on this team last year. If you can fix the offensive line at all, you got a competitive team in year one. Well, that's the only that's the only question to me is, do you value wide receiver or left tackle, right? If you look at it and say I can move to eight, let's just say, let's say it's Atlanta that wants to move up to three for a quarterback. Fine, you make a trade with Atlanta, you move back to three. Atlanta gives you a boatload for their pick, and at eight you draft Fashanu or Alt, depending on who's there. And now you're looking at it saying, okay, we picked up a bunch of draft capital, we signed a veteran quarterback. And we're getting left tackle that we want. And we're going to draft a, a wide receiver in the second round. 
right? Because there's a lot of tackles on the board. There's not a ton of them that are proven left tackles, right? Yeah. There's some good right tackles, some really good right tackles. But outside of the top two, once you get to left tackle, it's kind of unproven guys. It's guys that you just like you think they can be good, but you're not sure on. Well, on even round one, I mean, I, I like these guys, but there's no like sure thing. Plug him in day one. He's going to be a quality starter. They're all right. a little bit developmental. And I think that I would prioritize tackle over wide receiver. But I also think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a different tier of prospect than the I tackles agree. that are there. And I think, you know, that's what's the, the the old memes we were talking about with the Bengals and Penny Sewell versus yeah. Jamar Chase. It's good. It's good it would be that situation again. And, right. um, you know, if, if the receiver is as good as you think he is, that also solves a lot of your pass protection issues because you can get the ball out so fast and you can do a lot of different things through the air and you can be in good situations consistently to avoid a pass rush. Um, right. No, and that's, that and it's, yeah. it's a good, it's a really good point um, of doing that. And I like, I like the idea of that, right. Is if you sign a guy like cousins, you do that. Right. And Ryan says like Penny Sewell turned out. Okay. He absolutely did hundred percent. Right. They both, both teams made the right move, I think. And, and that's the thing, right, is that if you're the Bengals, would you rather have Penny Sewell than, than Jamar Chase? Like, I don't think so, you know? And so that's that's the thing is where you look at it and say, you know, would you trade back? Would you redo it, right? And I don't think that they would. Um, I assume they wouldn't. I mean, they made the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? And so and they, they um, had a lead late in the Super Bowl, and the Lions got to the NFC Championship and had a lead. In the second right. half of the NFC Championship, like yeah. I think both of those teams have, have to be happy with their team building, and more than one way to do this. So sometimes, sometimes I think you just take the best guy on the board, hundred percent, yep, go from there. That's the way. I think um, so, yep. And I like DJ in the comments too, saying signing a tackle, QB, and wide receiver in free agency before the draft triples that value of the pick because you know you can maximize it and you're not forced into a certain position. I think that nails it, and I think we're going to see the Patriots make. You know, at least somewhat quality signings at all three spots. You have to. You have to because you can't go into – and we talked about this last year, and they didn't really do anything to help the cause last year, but, like, you can't go into the draft saying we absolutely 100% need this position at three. And it's three, so it's a little different than you were at 14. But still, like, we can't go into this draft saying, well, we just don't have a tackle. So, like, we have to draft a tackle at some point. Are we going to draft a tackle at three? I don't know. But, like, well, maybe we should trade back because we need to tackle. Or, like, we need, really need a wide receiver. Should we draft a wide receiver? Those are the questions. Like, to me, you sign guys if you can. And I don't think Baker's going to be available, but maybe it's Jacoby Brissett. Do I want Jacoby Brissett starting here next year as the starter? Not really. But if I draft a quarterback in the second or third round, you know, like, I don't I don't hate it. So that's that's kind of the way I look at it. Um, you know, we'll see. But that that's kind of the way I look at it. So, yeah, um, long way to go. Anyways, all right. Let's do. Um, let's do. Uh, let's go to. Let's go to an ad break, and then I, we we get some mocks to get through uh, that got submitted. Some user or some listener submitted mock uh, mock drafts as well. And uh, again, new sponsor, Prize Picks. And uh, here we go. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash 
Now, PrizePix even offers injury insurance so your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. Now, this week for me, I have Steph Curry for more than 29 points and Nicole Yochis for more than 10 rebounds, and then Caitlin Clark for more than 30 points and LeBron James for more than seven assists. So download the app today and use the code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. All right, sweet. So... All right, let's get into some of these. Let's get into some of these user or listener mock. I keep saying user. Some of these listener mock drafts here. Um, and I don't know if we should we share the screen. What do you think I should do? Should you think I should share the screen I would, here? I would just read it off. I think we're gonna do a graphic in the future, but I didn't have that ready for tonight. So I think we're just All gonna right. read off the mocks. All right, so let's do it. So I got the first one here has Caleb Williams dropping two three. Who's, who's mock nice. is it? By the way, do we do we have a name on the mock? Uh, do we do, I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's Nelson. Okay. Um, I think it's Nelson, Nelson Lloyd here. Who's it? Who's in the chat right now? Um, so let's take a look. So we have Caleb Williams at three and then a billion trades, which I'm loving <laughs> all over the place. Um, I love it. Patrick Paul at 39, Ricky Pierce all at 85. It looks like Javon Baker, uh, at, uh, at one thirty. Dylan Lobby at 135, Javon Foster, two Javons, loving that. At mm-hmm. 144 is an offensive tackle from Miss uh, Missouri. Dalen Hooker, who's from Colorado, tight end from Colorado State, 157. And then he's got a whole bunch of late round picks. Two that I'll highlight though, Jalex Hunt, who we've talked about before from Houston Christian, Edge from Houston Christian. Um, and Bub Means. Uh, the wide receiver from Pittsburgh. I mean, if you don't want Bub Means on the team, bro, Bub Means business. Come on now. So um, that's a solid mock. I mean, look, and I don't know. I don't. I don't think Caleb's going to drop to three, but you never know. And again, if he's, you if just he's. draft what comes to you. What are you going to do? You know. So um, I like that. I do like. We've talked about Patrick Paul. I think we've talked about Patrick Paul in here. I like him. He's more of a developmental guy. But I do think he has the potential to be a left tackle in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and it's so we'll see. A bit developmental still, but yes. um, yeah. I like that. And Pearsall reminds me of an Edelman. Yeah, he, he's got that same attitude. Right, right. He's a little bit more thick than some of the other guys. And as a matter of fact, uh, Phil Perry was talking about him on his uh, on his show this week. I like him. I just don't know if he fits where you have Pop already. But – um, but I mean, shoot, I think he there's can, a whole lot of talent in that draft. Yeah, I think he can play a little bit outside. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. No, he's a good so player. We'll All right, and then Nelson had another one actually. Um, yeah, huh? So he had he actually traded back to seven here, and I don't know what. See, the what's weird about Pro, PFN Pro Football Network is that they don't give you like a lot of times if you um trade back and get like extra picks. In future years, they don't they don't say that. So I, I don't know. Either way, I think I think. Uh, but here's what we got: so Joe Alt at seven, move back to seven, take Joe Alt, Darius Robinson, who's an edge from Ole Miss at thirty-seven, thirty-eight, Bo Nix, obviously QB from Oregon, and then Roman Wilson at sixty-eight. 
And then he's got some of the same guys, but Quentin Newsom as a corner from Nebraska. And he has Brant Kuth, a tight end from Utah. So, you know, some some later round guys. Again, decent amount of picks at the end of that, at the end of the draft there. But um again, PFN does a nice job of um of offering trades, which is nice. Not every yeah. site does that where you have to go in and make the trades. If they offer the trade, then it's a lot easier to just accept the trade that's been offered to you. Um, and so you see a lot of those, um, you see a lot of those like later round trades in a PFN because they will actually kind of go from there. You know what I mean? They'll actually like, Hey, would you want this trade? So, um, I like that, but I like that a lot. Joe Wald, getting Joe Wald at seven would be really nice. Bonick scares the hell out of me, but I don't know, man. Like I, he scares me, but in the second round, I'm kind uh, of, that's I'm fine value. But I'm, but I'm kind of like I'm okay drafting Bo Nix in the second round. Yeah, uh, I'm totally there. I think depending on where in the second round too, there's a lot of quarterbacks I could be okay with taking. I might not love it, but if the team would like it, then I can get on board. Right, right. So, so that's that's where I'm at with that. So, all right, old man Mock has sent sent a few old man Mock, old man Mob, <laughs> but old man Mock in this case uh, has has sent one. Um, and let's see what it looks like. So he sent two here. Um, so he has Drake May at three. Jalen McMillan. So he moved back from from 34 to 44. Takes Jalen McMillan. Uh, again, Patrick Paul. Cam Hart, the corner from Notre Dame, who I like. Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Jaheim Bell from Florida State. Ooh. Then Tez Walker. And then Trent Jones from Michigan. So, I mean, anytime you can get a Michigan. Oh, Trent, that, Trent, Trent A. Jones, is that Trent who that A. is? Jones, yes. He's yes. he's good. He's actually on TikTok. It's a fairly active user on All there. Right. He seems he seems like a fun guy. But I like um, it. I like I it. like that draft. That's a fun one. So, yep. So there's that. And then here's another one. So he traded back from three to eleven here, and drafted Talizi Fu, uh, Fuaga from Oregon State, offensive tackle. Keon Coleman at 34, Penix at 42, and again, Patrick Paul, Cam Hart, Jaheim Bell, Jordan Jefferson from uh, LSU, and he actually has uh, Bo Limmer as well from uh, from mm-hmm. Arkansas. Arkansas. Um, <clears throat> for, for three, he got 11, 42, and 130, and I think, I think he got a future first in here too, and it just doesn't pop up, but... Either way, I, I like the trades. I think it's interesting um, when you look at you know what what it comes up there. And so again, we don't know. And that, but that's kind of the whole point is that we don't know, right? And so that's a you know when you talk about a guy like Fuaga, right? Not a lot of people are talking about him in the first round. But is he a guy that can play left tackle, right? Do the Patriots look at him as a guy that can play left tackle, right? Um, you know, and what the talent evaluators look like. And again, this is where you have to, you have to trust your evaluation. If you look at Talisi Fuaga and say, well, we can draft Fuaga and get, you know, close to as good production as we're going to get from Fashanu or Alt, or we love this guy and we think he might even be better than them at some point, and we can get extra capital, then let's do it, you know, and we'll take them maybe four or five or, or even eight picks earlier than people think because we want to make sure we get them, you know? Yeah. So that's a good one. I like that one. Again, 
the mocks to me, it's like I want to see, I want to see new names, I want to see new players, I want to see, you know what I mean? And uh, and so that's what I got here. All right, so let's see. This is from Tim. He has the Patriots moving back from three to six, uh, picking up actually giving up giving up three and one hundred four, picking up six and seventy and their first round pick next year from the Giants. Okay. And then drafting Jaden Daniels at, at six, which is interesting. Now, I don't know who the hell the Giants traded up for, if that's not the case. But nevertheless, whatever, dude. Uh, and then Tyler Guyton at 34, which, again, Tyler Guyton's a guy in the second round. I like him a lot. Will he be there in the second round? Will he go in the first? I'm not sure. Um, but I like the idea of of Tyler Guyton in that second round if he's available. Uh, if, yeah, if he's, if he's there, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, and then Kalen Bullock, who's a safety from USC, uh, in the third round. Again, that it just depends on who knows what's going to happen. You know, with Duggar, if Duggar's around, then maybe you don't need that pick. But if he isn't, then you you know you're probably going to prioritize safety a little bit more. And then Blake Fisher in the third round from Notre Dame, who I like uh, quite Another a bit. Really good, really good value on Blake Fisher yeah. there. Yep. And so that's kind of the idea. And again, you know. Will any of these happen? We don't know, right? No one knows. But the idea is we're throwing things at the wall. We're seeing what's there. We're seeing what's going on. Um, and so I think I already, I already, I think I already read this one. All right, let's hold on. Uh, the next one, oh, from Thad, from our guy Thad over here. Thad. Uh, he had the Patriots moving back to nine, taking Joe Alt. Again, there you go. I like that. Um, Lad McConkey at 34. Let's go. Uh, Brandon Dorius, edge from Oregon at 68. Another Kalen Bull exciting. Cade Stover from Ohio State at 104, which I'm a fan of, which I'm a fan of. And here we go. Here we go. 122, Jordan Travis from Florida State. All right. So we haven't talked about Jordan Travis. Jordan Travis, of course, quarterback from Florida State, got hurt at the end of the year, which is why Jordan, which is why Jordan Travis, which is why Florida State did not make the Final Four. Um, I think pretty much everyone's in agreement that if Jordan Travis were healthy, they would have been in the the, uh, oh, the championship. 100%. Right? And not in the championship, but you get what I'm saying, in the playoff. Um, and so, I don't know. I'm not sure. But, shoot. I mean, where I think he has him at 122 here. At 122, if we've gotten other things and, you know, we're trying to take a shot and a, on a flyer at a guy, Jordan Travis is a hell of a flyer to take, I think. Um, and so I'd have I'd have absolutely no issue with that. If you're talking about, you know, middle of the fourth round, absolutely jump at it. Yeah. I still got to watch some of his tape. That's one guy who I haven't watched at all. So yeah. I, I can't comment too much on him. But, um, you know, it's probably going to take a quarterback somewhere. And he's right. as good of a prospect as you're going to get at that spot in the draft. So, if there's stuff on tape that they like, that's you just do it. Well, and that's and what it comes down to, to me, and I don't know, but to me, what it comes down to is that I don't know what he's done on film, right? As far as making the tight throws and reading coverages and do I don't know, but my goodness, I'll tell you. To me, it's what happens in, like in the meeting room on the whiteboard. Hey, draw things up. Talk to us about this play. That's why CJ. That's why the, the Texans love CJ Stroud, and you can see it on the field. You can see Stroud 
understanding what's going on defensively and being able to read a defense and make it through his progressions and make the right throws into the right places. Now, maybe he didn't do that all the time at Ohio State. Maybe he wasn't asked to do that all the time at Ohio State. Maybe Jordan Travis wasn't asked to do that all the time at Florida State. We don't know, right? And so, but if they get him in the in, in the meeting room and he gets on the whiteboard and like, bro, wait a second, we we like this, right? We like this kid. Yeah, I think you take a shot at him. So yeah, go for it. Yep, yep. So we'll see. I like that. And then I think I have. I think there's one more. Nah. Uh, oh wait. Yeah, hold on. There is one more. This one's from Ashton. Our guy Ashton over here. Let's see. All right, move back to nine. Move back to nine. Takes Jaden Daniels at nine. Ooh, okay, okay. Uh, Kingsley. Uh, golly. Sue Montala, I think, from BYU. The offensive tackle at 34. Again, Roman Wilson, Chris Jenkins from Michigan. D tackle I from like Michigan. I like him. Mm, Let me just, I, I'm going to comment. The the Michigan defensive tackles this year, they have a, a couple and like I don't know if any of them are gonna be stars, but they're all just like really good athletes, really solid, really good in a rotation. And I think any of them would be a fit in New England. And I think they got guys coming out next year too. So Yeah. Yep. I like it. Pick it uh, pick any of them, you're gonna make me happy. Oh uh, yeah, we we know. We know he's got Roman <laughs> Wilson. He's got Roman Wilson in this draft too, so he's just pandering to you at this point. Um so but uh <laughs> But then Buttering he went bloodlines. What do you say? Buttering me up. Absolutely. Then he went bloodlines and took Brendan Rice in the uh, in the fourth round and Frank Gore Jr. in the seventh round uh, from Southern Miss. And so, uh, hey man, I- I'll take a shot at bloodlines. You gonna tell me? You gonna tell me you would have a problem drafting Brendan Rice? Come on now, it's Jerry Rice's son. He's got to be at least decent. He can't be bad. I don't know if he'll be good, but he can't be bad. That's what I mean. You know. So. Um, but yes, moving back to nine and taking Daniels still at nine, that's interesting because I don't know if I love Daniels at three, but at nine, yeah, depending on what's on the board. Now, you know, I don't know if I'm taking him over Joe Walt or even Fashanu, but like, golly, man, that's you know, um, so anyways, so that's it. Thank you so much for sending for sending those in. Uh, we got one more. (laughs) Did he take? It's DJ didn't take Bronny James too. He did not take Bronny James. But right. hey, listen, I will take Bronny James. If that means LeBron's gonna switch careers and come in over to the NFL, I will take him. I will take Bronny Jr. Be on than, the Patriots. If LeBron You could put you could put LeBron any spot in New England's offense. He'd probably be better than what they had out there last year. Probably. So. Yeah, probably. Yeah. We had one other mock, by the way. Oh yes, uh, that's right. Yes. Sent, sent to us by our friend Josh Bowman, who um didn't know what the email was and just texted me his mock draft earlier today. I like it. I like it. Uh, so I'll, I'll read it off here. Uh, he has the Patriots starting off with a trade back. They trade back with Atlanta and pick up a second, a third, another third, and a second rounder next year. So a whole bunch of day two picks to move back five spots. They go Joe Walt at pick eight. JJ McCarthy, pick 34. Edge defender Adisa Isaac. At 43 out of Penn State. This is the guy who played across from Chop Robinson. And some people really, really like what they've seen from him as kind of the other edge on that line. Then we're going to double dip at wide receiver. 68, Jalen McMillan. 74, Xavier Leggett. Love okay. that combo back to back. That's uh you got the the shifty, savvy, deep threat slot guy. 
in McMillan and then just the power guy in Legat. They complement each other. Yep. J- halfback Jalen Wright, pick 86 from Tennessee. He's fast. That's a guy who I'm going to be curious how he tests because he's a fast guy on tape. Yeah. Uh, we have – is this? I can't tell if this is a trade off or a trade down. It's a trade down. Patriots trade down from pick 79, which is one of the ones they got in the, the Falcons trade, pick up an extra – two extra fifths. So they get t- linebacker Tommy Eichenberg at pick 99, then a trade up. Wait, they traded back, and then they trade up. Eichenberg is from the trade up. Got it. Okay. Hey, jo- Josh, you're putting me through the ringer here. Uh, <laughs> we got a lot left, too. Pick Bro, just skip through the end of it. Come on, man. Yeah. Let's go. Right. Cliff notes. Cliff notes. Tight end, Ben Sinnott, pick 135. Okay. Another Kansas State I'm guy. Guard- skip over Ben Sinnott. Yeah. Cooper Beebe at 136. Tight end out of Michigan, A.J. Barner at 168. Really good blocking tight end. Okay. Double corner, dip tight end. I like it. Yeah. Corner, Nehemiah Pritchett from Auburn at 182. I like that. That's a really mm-hmm. good value there. Mm-hmm. He also has your boy Tanner Bortolini at 216. Love and it. defensive lineman from Alabama, Tim Smith, to round it out at pick 251. So thanks Love for it. that one, Josh. Love it. It's good. That's good. So like I say, we're uh, like you said, Matt, earlier, we are gonna um we are gonna like come up with a little bit of a graphic so you can actually see what's going on and we're not just reading to you like a like a bunch of dummies. Uh, but we will get it, we will get it set up um for you. Look, I think that there are good things and there are bad things about all of the mocks, right? And that's that's part of the fun of doing it, right? Is that you come away from the mock and sometimes you're like, ah, yeah, I don't I don't love that mock. But then you look back and you're like, oh, there's actually some good stuff in there, right? So, um, you know, I think that that's interesting. DJ just said trade number three to Denver for 12, a 2025 first, Garrett Bowles and Cortland Sutton. That's interesting. That's a fascinating one. Um, I don't know. That seems like a lot for them to give up. I know Cortland Sutton, they may want to move on from him. Part of that's contract stuff. That's why you're getting some of those guys. I Correct. Think. Yeah. But Garrett Bowles is overall is a good player at left tackle. Yeah. He's a guy you can plug in at left tackle and start there. He's not going to be a world beater, but he's pretty good. Yeah. And Cortland Sutton's kind of the same way, right? Not really a separator. You know, but Sutton's... I'll tell you what, man. Holy crap. He made some unbelievable catches last year. So uh, Portland Sutton is like Devontae Parker, but like three or four years younger. <laughs> yes. But like I good. feel like he's like Devontae Parker, yeah. but good. And I hate now. I will tell you, right. I hate <laughs> the injury Sutton. issues. That's the problem. I hated him going into this year. He proved me wrong. But you know, yeah, it just can't injuries, stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, so. he doesn't separate and he's can't stay healthy. And like, I like, like, I, I think that's an upgrade for new England. You just move on from Parker. Um, yeah. But I don't yep. know if it's the long term. I think that's a, he's, a, he is, I think at best your, your wide receiver too on like a Super Bowl winning team, you know, which is fine for now. We're not winning the Super Bowl next year. We're building something. Um, right. Right. But so you're definitely still looking to add to the wide receiver room. A hundred percent. I would do that trade. Well, what, what you do by, by making that trade, what you do is you make yourself, you make it so that you don't have a glaring hole at wide receiver and you don't have a glaring hole at left tackle. Now, could you get better at left tackle? Yeah. Could you get better at wide receiver? Yeah. 
but you're not looking at it saying, oh, crap, like we're totally screwed because we don't have anyone in either of these positions, right? And so that's kind of the idea as you look at it and say, okay, that's that's interesting. And so who knows if that would happen, um, but but I like, I like the idea there. So, all right. Um, did you want to – there are a few other things that we wanted to cover before, of course, the combine starts this week on Thursday. Um, uh, Elliot Wolf's going to speak to the media tomorrow, which is interesting. Um, yep. And so the first time, you know, so we'll see kind of where that goes. Um, yeah. uh, one note I think the only thing I wanted to mention, which I thought it was interesting. Um, yeah. We are seeing a trend of coaches in general and front office guys in general not going to the combine um, in large part because from everything I've read, there's a lot of organizations that feel like they actually just do the work better when they're you know, at home in their office. It's not like they don't send anybody, but you know, the big decision right. makers, you can watch on TV and see everything you need to see there and get all, and all the measurements, you know, you're going to get all of that. And a lot of the interviews you're going to do in other places anyway. Yep. Um, that said, Gerard Mayo will be there, right? Yep. I think we saw. Yep. And I like that he's going because he's a young head coach in his first year. And this is where you make connections. I don't care about what he's going to be there for the evaluative stuff. I care about building relations for, you know, future coaches that might have Mm -hmm. to come to new England or building trade partners for later in the off season or down the road. I think that's a key part of being a head coach. And that's the same goes for, you know, everybody that's new in their roles right now for anybody that is going to be there, getting that experience and building that, I think is good after that. I'm not sure they need to be there in, next year but i'm glad they're there this year yeah i mean i you know i wonder about the about the meetings and meeting with players that's really all i wonder about you know you hear you hear some of the stories right and so for instance the 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 uh brandon spike story have you ever heard have i ever told you the brandon spikes um I don't have, know. You, have you heard about the brandon spike story so from from what i have heard and this is, I fear, I think common knowledge, at least from what I heard it from, I don't even remember where, second party, third party, fourth, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. But they sat, they they met with Spikes um, before the draft. Now he, at the combine before the draft, he went to Florida, had won a championship in Florida, right? And uh, and they were like, okay, you know, we like this guy. Like, he's a good player, this and that. But he sits down. And, and they're like, you know, hey, what do you think about like your, you know, individual accolades? Like, how would you, you know, how would you describe your individual performance like on the football field? And, you know, is that important to you? And he was like, man. And he like banged the table. He's like, no one gives a shit about your goddamn individual performance. He's the only thing, the only thing that matters. And he took his ring off and he goes, is one of these. And just, <laughs> just like banged it on the table. And Pedro's like, all right, we want this guy. Like, you know, and yeah. so, and again, That's now, right there. you know, but that was, that was the moment for him that he became a Patriot. Right. And so if you're not in the room, that doesn't happen, you know? Yeah. And so, so we'll see, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, it, it's not necessarily the, um, it's not the end all be all. Right. But I do think it's good to interview the guys. And again, I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know. When you look at who's going to be there, I don't know if you're going to meet with guys you're not necessarily going to be bringing in. But at the same time, you know, you never know. You might meet with a guy and you'd be like, eh, I don't know how I feel about this guy. And then you sit down with him. You're like, wow, this guy's really smart. And, and 
knows what he's doing and knows what he's talking about. And so, like, maybe he's a better fit than we thought, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. Well, and the, the flip side of it, too, is didn't they have a pre-draft with Gronk at some point and he completely tanked <laughs> the meeting? Yeah. It didn't matter. Like, he still, no, he still ended up picking up, but he still ended up being great. No, if you're, if you're good enough... It doesn't matter, yeah. right? If you're good enough, it make yeah. it makes no difference. And, and that's yeah. part of the things that I've heard. You know, Gronk was by some people in the organization was given a perfect ten, and like, and I know that doesn't seem like a big deal, but in their old rating system, which by the way they're moving away from, but if in their old rating system, it was almost impossible to get a perfect ten, like almost yeah, yeah. impossible. The only issues um, with him, I think, were like you know injury and off field, on field performance was correct. Yep, and so that was a thing. His on-field was literally a 10 because he was an unbelievable blocker and he was an unbelievable receiver. And if he could stay healthy, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He knew he could develop into something better than what he was in college, too, which he ended up doing. Yep. Um, So, so, yeah, I don't know. And I'm I'm curious to see their approach with this and, you know, what comes out of this. They also have, um, I heard Pat's cap was talking about, they have a couple weeks now to cut J.C. Jackson before like money vests or something. So yep. That, yep. that's something for a future episode, but they do have a clock on that. If they are going to cut JC Jackson, which I assume they're going to do. Uh, if not, if not, they'd have to, they'd certainly have to renegotiate his deal. Now, maybe there's a chance that they're looking at it saying we want to, we want to keep him around and renegotiate, but I don't see I why they're it. not just cutting him now. Yeah. I think you got to do that soon. The other thing we didn't talk about, I know what it is. The cap. We got the cap number for this here. Oh, yes. The Taylor Swift bump. Honestly, it's, on the surface, it's exciting. I think this is bad news for the Patriots. Because yeah. if the cap goes up for everybody, that means more teams are going to be competing with you in free agency for these top guys. And the flip side is that, you know, you're there's less teams where you can skim off the, the bad contract heap and take on... A, a good player from a team that can't afford them anymore just because they're trying to dump salary. Like that would have been very true. I would be, that would be nice to be sitting there when a team that's $10 million over the cap needs to dump a wide receiver and you can just take them off your hands. And now there's going to be less of those. It's a great point. It's a great point. And that's one of those things where it's like, yes, the pay it's nice. It's really nice that the Patriots have, you know, a hundred million dollars now. It's pretty cool. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like, you know, like you said, it's more of an issue that they can't kind of get those guys that, you know, for whatever reason have to move off of a team that is cash strapped, you know? Yeah. And it's, I mean, do you want to give now that there's all this extra money out there? Do you want to give 25 or $20 million a year to Calvin Ridley? Like, right. Right. That's, but it doesn't matter though. And that's the thing is that at this point, you're going to, those guys are going to get paid more. Just is what it is. Like this is nothing you the can do prices, and it's not going to impact the middle class as much. It's going to be the upper class of free agents for the most part because you're just going to have bidding wars, and there's going to be more yeah. people able to bid and more money out there to be bid. And oh, yeah. you're going to see yeah. big contracts go up. Which is, I mean, that's the other thing here. If you're in New England, like obviously you want to go out into free agency and attack, but you also don't want to say we need to be better next year. We're going to go give twenty five million dollars a year to calvin ridley and yeah. you know whatever the equivalent is to some backup tackle to try to fix those spots and now it doesn't work and, yeah and now you're in a tougher spot than you wanted to be signing christian barmore next year like that's right. not um you you want to you're, you're gonna you can overpay in free agency that's fine but you don't want to 
overpay for everybody and hamstring yourself going forward. Yeah, that's no, true. It's true. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. But I, I think that ultimately, yeah, it does kind of hurt the Patriots a little bit. Um, but it, it's not like the cap's going down next year either. So you know, the Patriots will be in, will be. in decent shape, um, you know, moving forward, even if they spend a ton of money this offseason. So, yeah. Um, so that's it. We talked about Jefferson a little bit. I just I don't see it happening. It doesn't make any sense to me. Why would they move up to three? I understand they don't want to pay. I understand. That I I also understand they did exactly the same thing a few years ago when they drafted Jefferson, right? That they traded that for a first round pick, and then they just basically took out Diggs and put in Jefferson. I get that. I also understand they drafted Jordan Addison last year, and he's really good too. But I, I don't know. I just maybe they won't. Maybe they just look at it and say we're not paying a wide receiver no matter what. Maybe I don't know, but I just, it seems strange to me that that you would move up to take a quarterback, and then trade the best receiver in the NFL to do it. It just it it seems strange well, to me. Well, you need multiple good receivers too, right? Like right. if you trade Justin, yeah, you have Addison, but you still need a receiver if you're trading right. Justin Jefferson. And I just, I would just pay him what he wants, have him stay. Even if you're overpaying a little bit, pay him what he wants and right. draft a quarterback or whatever you end up doing. Um, yeah. Well, DJ is right in the, in the fact that all the top receivers have been traded in recent years. He's not wrong about that. But, you know, you look where they've been traded from. Tennessee was not a competitive team. They just weren't. And they, sorry. And they didn't manage their cap properly. They didn't have the money to go pay AJ Brown, which got the GM fired. (laughs) Right, right. And, you know, and so, and the Chiefs, in my opinion, wanted to move in a different direction. They looked at what Tyreek Hill was going to make and they said, we need to rebuild our offensive line. And so they moved in a different direction. And luckily, they also, and Hill was also older, I think. Yeah, true. That's true. And, and he requested a trade. Like, we haven't gotten to that point with Justin Jefferson. Um, I wouldn't that's be also very active about trading Justin Jefferson. If he requests one, then yeah, you might do it, but I'm not just doing it proactively. Right. right. Um, yeah. and yeah, and like the other, it's obviously not as big of a trade, but Hollywood Brown, that was a trade request as yep. well. A yep. lot of that is less. So sometimes it's about the contract, but a lot of times it's also about the specific dynamic with the team itself. True. And, yep. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. And, I mean, listen, Devon, oh, and, DJ mentions Devonte Adams. That was team specific. He wanted to go play with Derek Carr. Like Correct. that's what that was about. And then they benched him, <laughs> or traded him, or let him go, or whatever. I mean, yeah, I'd be so mad if I was Devonte Adams right now. So, but you know, I mean, that's a guy that could be available, although I doubt it. Um, but shoot, if you can move back and pick up Justin Jefferson and get, you know, eleven Jefferson and their first round pick next year. Holy crap, dude. I'd do that in a millisecond. Even yeah. if it I don't was like they would ever do it, but I'm doing it. I don't think so either. But like if they did, man, don't hang up the phone. Like I'm let me call the league office right now before you change your mind. Like like we yes. gotta get this on paper, you know? So yes. uh yeah. so we'll see. But yeah. uh anyways, the, the, only other thing, the only other thing, uh David Posternock hit seven hundred points tonight. So congrats hey. to him. Another other Boston sports news. It's my guy. It's my guy. Dave Pasta is so freaking good, man. Unbelievable. He's the one guy they didn't trade, thank God. Um, you know, I mean, that's he's just a franchise he's, player. He is. But, you know, Sagan was a franchise player. You know, like, that's the frustrating yeah. part is it's like he's not the only guy that's been a franchise player that they've traded. You know? But at least they, 
they kept him. Uh, by the way, he's the fourth required the fourth fewest games in franchise history to record 700 points. The only guys, only guys to do it faster. Let's see, Bobby Rick or. Middleton, Bobby Orr, and Phil Esposito. Oh, Espo, there you go. Yeah, nice. I like it. I like it. So, um, yes, thank you for the submission. Dad was saying thanks for for uh, reading, talking about his mock draft. Of course, thank you for the submissions. We appreciate it. Again, just a reminder. Pat's Nation Network at gmail.com. All one word, Pat's Nation Network at gmail.com. Um, you can submit your mock drafts there. Every Monday, we're going to be doing mock drafts. Next week, we don't have a mock draft coming out. We'll have one the week, the following week. Um, so we'll, then, we'll read off some of yours next yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. And I'll maybe do a live one. Maybe we'll do, I think, I think every other week we'll fun. do the live one and then read off yours as well. So I like it. Yeah. All right. So, anyways, that's what we got. Thank you Thursday guys, night. and and we'll be uh we'll be here Thursday night. We're working on getting someone kind of big. We'll see. I don't know what's gonna happen, but I'm hoping that that's gonna be the case. Um, so I'm not sure if it's gonna happen or not, but we're working on it behind the scenes, and uh, you know, we'll have that information out for you when it's available. Um, but I think I think you know you'll be happy to see it, and it would someone that could I think answer a lot of questions that people have uh currently. So, yeah, DJ, DJ goes Brady. Brady confirmed. Oh my goodness! If we ever got Tom Brady on the stream, I think I'd pass out and die. Uh, oh, yeah. But, <laughs> anyways, I was in the same room as Tom Brady one time. I almost asked him a question. Um, I got robbed of asking him a question, which was very rude. Um, I mean, so technically, I, you've been in the same room as Tom Brady like every Sunday for two decades. I mean, but. that is a good point. That is a good point. But I was it's I, one uh, very big room that is that stadium. Uh, that's but. a great point. After after the 2018 Super Bowl, I I got a press pass to go to Gillette um, in Boston, and he got it. He got to shave, and he stood up there and talked and everything else like that. And people, the media got to ask one question. Like a few people got to ask one question. They asked, and so, but the microphone got put to the other side of the room that I was standing at, so I didn't get a chance to get the microphone, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So I had to submit my question. Well, after I submitted my question, I was like, man. I really wish I like I thought as it was because they were like, "Hey, you guys, make your question like right this second. And I was like, "Oh God!" So I asked like a fine question, but afterwards I was like, "Oh man, I really wish I'd been able to ask this question um, about the ten lead changing drives and and whatnot." And so mm-hmm. it didn't happen, but uh, it was an unbelievable experience to be like literally steps away from Tom Brady. It was it was pretty wild. So um, so, anyways, that's my Tom Brady story. Uh, when I was a big J journalist for a week back in 2019. So, love it. Love it. So, but anyways, all right. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it. And uh, love you guys being on the stream. And again, you want to submit those mock drafts, it's Pat's Nation Network. All one word, Pat's Nation Network at gmail.com. Or you can DM them to me or Matt. You can text me or Matt if you have one of our phone numbers. Uh, any way would be fine. So, uh, we'll read them. All right. Thanks, guys. And we'll talk to you on Thursday.